Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. The Gospel Record of Mark, chapter number 4, and if you wouldn't mind to start with me in verse number 21. The Gospel Record of Mark, chapter 4, and in verse 21, the Word of God says this, And he said unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel, or under a bed, and not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifest, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear. With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you, and unto you that hear shall more be given. For he that hath to him shall be given, and to he that hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he hath. And he said, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring up and grow, and he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. And he said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which, when it is sown in the earth, is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up, and becometh greater than all herbs, and shooteth out great branches, so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. And with many such parables spake he the word unto them, as they were able to hear it. But without a parable spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the gospel record of Mark in chapter number 4? The gospel record of Mark and chapter number 4, and notice with me in verse number 33. The gospel record of Mark chapter 4 and verse number three, 33, Jesus, the fairy says this, many such parables, many such parables. And with the Lord's help, we want to explore these four parables that Jesus gives. And we'll just entitle this, as the Bible says, Many Such Parables. If you wouldn't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. A God who's worthy to be worshipped and worthy to be served. And as we come up to you now, we're just asking that you would grant me influence 
that you would give us understanding, that you would allow everyone that's out there to have ears to hear, that you would give them a spiritual mindedness even now, and that we could understand these four parables and exactly what you're, so, what you're teaching through them. I'm asking that you would just help us now. Fill me with your precious spirit. Help me to say those things that you want me to say. Help me to be clear and concise. Thank you again for all that you do and for the power of your precious word. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Many such parables. Again in verse number 33 it says this, And with many such parables spake he the word unto them. So he's telling the word of God and he's speaking in parables and he's trying to give them understanding. A phrase that we find in these parables is this idea here of the kingdom of God. And what we understand these kingdom of God parables that is in the gospel record of Mark is dealing with what God is doing in this world. So these kingdom parables are dealing with us. Dealing with us in the here and the now. They're dealing with what God is trying to do here on this earth. While we are alive. During Jesus day. During this day. That God is trying to do a work. He's trying to get things accomplished. And he wants to use you. And he wants to use me to do that. And so when we understand the context of this. That he is speaking to them in parables. And through these parables. He's trying to explain. What God is trying to do. In this world. Here and now, we understand this does have a direct application to us. What is God trying to do in this world today? What is he trying to do in our world right now? What is God attempting to get accomplished? What are we to be looking for? And how are we supposed to be behaving and carrying our lives? Well, we understand that Jesus has given us four parables, four such parables to help us to have an understanding of what God is trying to do in this world world and what he's trying to get accomplished through us. And so if you don't mind, we'd like to go through here and understand a little bit more about what God is doing. Now again, notice in verse 33, and with many such parables, he spake the word, notice this phrase, as they were able to hear it. So we understand there is an idea of maturity here. We know that some people are not mature enough to understand what we're about to teach. There are some people that do not have the spiritual growth, the spiritual maturity to grab a hold of what Jesus is trying to get across about what Jesus is trying to do here and now on this earth and what God is trying to get accomplished through you on this earth. I am hoping and praying that you are spiritually mature enough. I'm praying that you will have an ear to hear. I'm praying that you would be able to understand how God wants to use you at this time. Now again, he's teaching them as they are able to hear. So let's see who has the ability to hear tonight. Who has the ability to understand? Who is able to bear what Jesus is teaching us? If you don't mind, let's tackle, first of all, this parable. The very first parable in this here is a parable about light. A parable about light. Notice with me in verse 21. Mark chapter 4 and verse 21. Let's read this parable. Starting at verse 21. And he, that's Jesus, said unto them, the audience... Is a candle brought 
to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Neither was anything kept secret but that it should come abroad. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. So we understand he starts off with a parable about light. A parable about light. And so he starts off by explaining the function of a candle. Now we know what a candle is. A candle is a wax thing that has a string in the middle of it. You light the candle and it illuminates light. Why do you have a candle? Now let's go back to the old-fashioned days because we have to make a comparison. Today, the reason why you have a candle is because you want your house to smell good. Maybe you like the fragrances. But back in those days, they didn't have electricity. They didn't have light bulbs. They didn't have fluorescent lights. They didn't have headlamps. But they had a candle. And so they would use a candle to illuminate their house. Especially as it began to get dark. They had to have some way to be able to see. Some way to be able to read. Some way to be able to... um, to get things accomplished after sunset. And so the function of a candle is to produce light. That's the whole purpose of it. Now our light is not to be hidden. Notice again in verse 21. And he said, is a candle brought to be put under a bushel? So we could also think about a light. All right, Let's say that you buy a lamp. And so you come home, you get the lamp, you plug it in, you turn it on. And the first thing that you do is that you put it in the closet and close the door. Is that lamp going to do you any good? No, I meant the closet's lit up, but your clothes don't need the light, you do. What happens if you grab a can, a small lamp? You get a small lamp, and you said, all right, this is a beautiful lamp, and it's going to be able to allow me to see at the night, and so I'm going to put it underneath my bed. Is it going to do a lot of good under the bed? No, why do you buy a light? To let it shine. Hind it under a bushel. No. I'm going to let it shine. You think about a candle. A candle gives up part of itself. In order to produce light. That as the candle begins to burn. That wax begins to come out. Well we understand that the Bible clearly says. Jesus is the light of the world. And he gave all of himself. To give us light in this world. And then as we are reflections of his light and we're supposed to light up the world, you know what that means? The candle is going to have to give part of itself up in order to shine. That's the purpose of a candle is for us to shine. And as we shine, we're going to have to give a little of ourselves in order to shine. Notice in verse number 22, still talking about the idea of light. So we start off with a candlestick. That The purpose of the candlestick is to shine. It's supposed to glow. It's supposed to show. It's supposed to let everyone see the light. You don't hide it. You let it reveal it. But there's something about man. You know what man likes? Man likes darkness. Because his deeds are evil continually. Notice in verse number 22. For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Neither was anything kept secret. But that it should come abroad. You know what light does? It exposes darkness. Men love darkness. 
They want things to stay hidden. That includes you. You have things in your life that you don't want anyone to know about. You have some thoughts that you have in your head that you don't want to be revealed. You don't want to be exposed. But let me tell you that one day, everything will be hidden, that was hidden will be revealed. We understand that there are two judgments at the end of the world. Two major judgments. One of them is the white throne Uh, judgment. This is where all those that do not accept Jesus as their Savior, they're going to stand before God and they're going to give an account for everything that is done in their life. And it is at that time as they give an account that every thought, every hidden thing, every secret sin that they thought they had hidden is going to be exposed for everyone to see. But that's one judgment. The other judgment that we will face is called the Bema seat. It's called the throne, (coughs) the judgment of Christ. And that's for all of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. And the Bible goes on and says everything that we have done will be exposed that day. Now we're not going to be those who are standing at the judgment seat of Christ will not be judged for our sins, meaning we won't be punished for our sins. But at that time that we will either gain reward or lose rewards based off of what was done in our body. That everything that was done in our body, both good and bad, will be revealed. That means that you as a Christian Your secret sin that you think no one knows about one day will be broadcasted to everyone. Teenager, you've been watching those videos and you thought you came up with a good system to get away with it. You have a time where mom and dad are no longer awake. You have a time where no one can see you. You've got it coordinated and you think you've hidden. You've learned how to delete search histories. You learn how to get rid of your internet cache. You thought you got rid of all the viewing things and you've got it planned out. But let me tell you that at the day of the judgment seat of Christ, that you will have revealed all those videos that you watched In front of your mother, your grandmother, your pastor, your future wife, your future children, your future grandchildren. And it will be exposed that day exactly what you watched. That husband, you have those thoughts that you don't share with your wife. That as you look at that lady who's on TV, you think of that lady that's at work and you daydream and you purposely allow your mind to go up there and you think it's not hurting anybody, it's just in my thoughts. Let me tell you those things that are done in secret, they're going to be manifested, they're going to be revealed, they're going to be displayed that day in front of your mother, your grandmother, your wife, your kids. Ladies, That gossip that you say, it's not gossip, I'm just taking prayer requests. That's a Christian's way of trying to excuse gossip. You know how easy gossip is? You have one parent tell another parent about someone else's kids 
and you receive it, that's gossip. It's easy. It's easy to talk about someone else that's not there. It's easy to go ahead and talk about someone else's kids. And you understand that when you talk about someone else, it changes what you think of that person. Instead of giving them the benefit of the doubt that you already look less on them. And that's going to affect how you interact with them. And it's going to affect how you could reach them, your influence for them. And that's going to be exposed one day. Your thoughts, your hatreds, your bitternesses, your thing that you can't get over is going to be exposed that day. That pet sin that you keep with you. That you think that you have it hidden, you think you got a handle on it. One day it's going to be revealed to everyone. Notice again in verse 22. For there is nothing hid that shall not be manifest, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should be brought above. Now, the opposite is also true. That service that you do for the Lord that you think no one sees and no one notices, God does. That little thing that you did that you didn't even think of it, but no one gave you a pat on the back. No one said, boy." No one gave you a standing ovation. Oh, you're the greatest Christian ever because you picked up that piece of paper. God sees. And God knows. And one day those things that were done in secret will be manifested in front of everything. That's the thing about light. Is it exposes darkness. It brings those things that were hidden and it brings it to light to be manifest. Notice in verse 23, in order to put a point on this, in order to put an explanation, uh, explanation mark, in order to put arrows to this, verse number 23, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. You'll see this phrase put throughout the Bible. It's made to place emphasis to say what was just said is important. Let me tell you, I cannot stress the importance of the idea that the things that are done in secret will one day be made manifest and broadcast abroad. Everyone will know it one day. There is a judgment. There is nothing that is done in secret that will not be revealed. You will not get away with it. You cannot hide it. And God sees it all. If any man have ears, let him hear. Now remember what he said at the very uh, at the beginning of this sermon, at the end of this passage here, that he said that he spake unto them as they were able to hear it. How are you doing now? Or did you already check out? Or do you have no clue what we're talking about? Let me tell you that what you do in secret will be revealed. As for us, we're supposed to let our light shine. You were created to not hide that light, but to let it shine. So we start off with the parable of light. The parable about light. But then we come to the parable about hearing. The parable about hearing. Jesus said, if any man have it, uh, ears to hear, let him hear. By the way, since we're talking about hearing, let's talk about hearing. Notice with me in verse number 24. And he, that's Jesus, said to them, the audience, take heed what you hear. For with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. 
For he that hath to him it shall be given, and he that hath not from him shall be taken even that which he hath. What we see here is three specific things that are covered with the idea of hearing. First of all, we see the idea of caution. Caution. Notice again in verse 24, take heed, that word heed carries the idea to pay attention. Take heed what you hear. You need to be careful with what you hear. What enters into the ear gate is going to affect your heart. The music you listen to, the television that you watch, the gossip that you hear, the jokes that you engage in, those things that you hear. You say, but I'm not saying those things. Yes, but what you hear affects your heart. And Jesus gives a warning here. It says, take heed or pay attention what you hear. There's a word of caution here. Be careful with what you hear. Make sure that what you're putting into you is good for you. What's good for you, by the way? Preaching. What's good for you? Good old-fashioned hymns. What's good for you? Things about Christ. What's good for you? Good fellowship centered upon the Christ and the Lord. There are good things for you to hear, but you need to pay attention to what you hear and not let any old garbage come into you. You need to be careful and pay attention. There's a word of caution. In addition, there's also a word of caution or counsel. A word of counsel. Notice with me again in verse 24. Take heed what you hear. With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto <clears throat> So we have this word of caution. We're to take what we hear. Now remember, we're supposed to pay attention to what we hear about and only receive those things that are good and godly, that is Christ honoring, like the word of God, like hymns. But notice what we're supposed to do after that. And with what measure ye meet it. That carries the idea with the degree that we take what we hear and give it out. You know why you're hearing a message like this now? Because you're supposed to take this message and deliver it to someone else. You are not supposed just to take each of these messages and get fatter and fatter spiritually and become useless. God says that what you're supposed to do is everything that you hear, you take these things and you deliver it to someone else. You're supposed to take it and give it to someone else. And the more that you pass on, the more that God will give you more to hear. More things about him. We're going to cover that point in a, a little bit more in just a second. But notice again in verse 24. Take heed what you hear with what measure you meet it and it shall be measured to you. Meaning that the more that you give out, God's going to give you more. Are you in love with the Bible? Do you love God's word? You want more of the word of God? Then teach it to someone. This is what is taught throughout the Bible. This idea of discipleship, of taking what you've been taught and giving it to someone else. A great example would be the, Metro, uh, the London Metropolitan Tabernacle within London, England under Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon was the, called the Prince of Preachers. And some people had the mistaken idea that because he was such a good orator that people came flocking to the London Metropolitan Tabernacle. And yes, there was several years where that happened. Happen. But for the most part, you know what happened? Is that Spurgeon would preach on Sunday morning and 3,000 people took that Sunday morning message and preached it throughout London every week. 
You know what those people did? Is they guarded what they heard. And what they did hear from God. They delivered to someone else. And then they were ready to receive more. Some of you wonder why you haven't grown. Because you're not teaching. You say, I don't understand that. I know. You, know what? you want to know why you don't understand that? Because you're not teaching. God did not raise any Christian not to teach these truths to someone else. You are responsible for teaching someone else. You will, once you start discipling someone, start teaching someone else, you will grow more than you ever thought you can grow. A lot of you are stagnant, reached a plateau. You said, I'm not growing much. I'm growing a little bit. Let me tell you, if you really want to grow, start teaching someone else. That is your next step of spiritual growth. And there are several of you within our congregation. That's where you need to go. He that hath ears, let him hear. Remember, we're trying to teach you as Jesus taught. As they were able to hear it. Do you have that maturity to hear it? What are you going to do with it? With the same measure that you meted out. That same measure, it's to be measured to you. You want more of God's word? Then start giving out more. Start teaching God's word. You say, I don't know how. I'll be glad to teach you how. But that's your next step. You have to have more of God's word. Some of you are plateaued spiritually because you are not teaching. And some of these things within your house in your life, and the prayers that you have will change and you'll get victory over them when you start teaching. He that hath ears, let him hear. But notice, not only do we have a word of caution, a word of counsel, but there's also a word of clarification. Notice with me at the end of verse 24. It says, And he said to them, take heed what you hear, and with what measure you meet it, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. For For he that hath, to him it shall be given. And to him that hath not, from him it shall be taken, even from that which he hath. Here's a clarification. Those who will hear God's word will want to hear more. And it's the idea you use it or you lose it. You take the things that God's given you, you teach it to someone else, and you'll get hungrier for God's truth. But if you get to the place where it's been given to you and you're not giving it out, you're topped off. You can't be filled up with it anymore. And it begins to run over and you're not catching anything. There's an idea of a hungerness. If someone's hungry for the word of God, I know they're doing something with. But if they're satisfied, they're good with their knowledge, then there's an issue. You know how I could judge this? I'm going to give you a thing. We're on Wednesday night, talking to Wednesday night crowd. You know how I can tell if you're hungry for the word of God? If you ask questions. There's many of you I'm so concerned with. You said, I've been saved. I've been growing. But you're not asking questions. And because you're not asking questions, you're not getting any more of the word of God. Don't ever be satisfied with the knowledge of the word of God that you have. 
Let me tell you, I've been saved for many years now. I've been preaching the gospel for over 20 years. I've read my Bible from cover to cover over 50 times. And that's not counting study. This is just my own personal Bible reading cover to cover 50 times. I'm not saying that to brag. I'm trying to say this. That the more that I study God's word, the more that I realize how much I don't know. And after all of that, I am ashamed of how little of the word of God that I know. Where does that come from? It comes from that I'm not satisfied with what little pathetic Bible knowledge that I have. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Are you giving out God's word? Are you hungry for God's word? Are you asking questions? That is proof that you're hungry for it. Don't ever be satisfied with your Bible knowledge. Be growing, be learning, be going on. Remember, Jesus is warning them that he's giving this to them as they're able to hear it. How are you hearing right now? How are you doing? How are you managing? He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. So we start off with a parable about light. Then we come to a parable about hearing. Then we come to a parable about growing. A parable about growing. Turn with me if you don't mind to the gospel record of Mark chapter 4 and let's pick it up in verse number 26. Mark chapter 4 and verse 26. Notice with me in verse 26. So the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring and grow up and he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. First the blade Then the ear, after that the full cord on the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. We have a parable about growing. And this parable is in two parts. What two parts is it? We have God's part, and we have our part. What is our part? Well, our part as the farmer, as the sower, is to throw out the seed. That is our responsibility. All we're supposed to do is give the seed out. After that, we're done with that part. So what happens to the seed? Well, the seed gets into the soil, hopefully a good soil. And then it begins to go work under the ground. Somewhere where we can't see it, that plant begins to go into roots. And the roots go into the soil and begin to soak up nutrients. And then what's going to happen? Eventually a blade is going to come up. The farmer could come out day and night, night and day and check up on it. And he's going to be surprised. One day there's going to be something sticking out of the ground. There's nothing he can do for it. He can't sit by the soil and pet the soil. Come on. Come on plant. Let's go. He can't speak niceties to it. He has no control over making it grow. That's God's part. And then eventually that, that blade will turn into a stalk. And it will start gearing ears of corn. Let me tell you, we can't do anything to make that corn grow. It is God that is putting it together. That is God's responsibility. But let me tell you, finally when that corn is ready, now we have our part. We got to go out and harvest it. We got to go out and work. And let me tell you, God has his part and we have our part. 
Our part is to go out and sow the seed. It is God's part to make it grow. And then after that, we're supposed to be ready for that harvest. Oh, that harvest is ready already. We need to be ready to receive that harvest. But are you sowing the seed? If you're not sowing the seed, you're not going to get any plants. A farmer can go out this year and he could till up the ground. He could wait for the rain and stuff. And at fall, he'll be very disappointed if he didn't plant anything. It's not going to grow on its own. The seed has to go out. And it is our job to send the seed out. There was a parable here of growing. That we do our part and God does his part. That little seed goes out. And God can make that little seed and turn it to something else. Which brings us to one other parable that we have here. The parable of the mustard seed. The parable of the mustard seed. Now there's a couple parables of the mustard seed found throughout scripture. But here Jesus is relating again, talking about the kingdom of God. What God is doing here and now during this time. So notice with me in verse number 30. And he said, whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or what, or with what comparison shall we compare it? Alright, how am I going to compare to the word of God? How am I going to illustrate to the folks out there what God is doing on this earth right now? Jesus said, I've got it. This is what we'll do. Verse 31. It is like a grain of mustard seed that when it is sown, which is... Which when it is sown in the earth, it is less than all the seeds that, are, that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all herbs. And shooteth out of great branches, so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. Now Jesus begins to illustrate to them the grain of a mustard seed. Now the mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds in all of the earth. To all of the people in that... Um, in the Israel region there, it was the smallest seed that they knew about. And it is so tiny that if I was to drop it on the carpet here, I would never find it again. It's just little tiny. You say, but how can something that tiny make a difference? Well, we've learned something about that in the last couple of weeks of how something so tiny could change the world that we live in and how we respond to it and how we react to it. Something that tiny can have big impact. Notice this. It is like a grain of mustard seed that when it is sown in the earth, it is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. Someone said, this little tiny seed can't make that big of a deal. But one of the amazing things about the mustard seed plant is that you take this little tiny seed and you plant it into the ground and it becomes one of the biggest non-bark trees that's what a herb is a tree that doesn't ha- or a plant that doesn't have bark it turns into a tree like bush it is huge and it came from this little tiny mustard seed this little tiny mustard seed is planted and then it is grown and it shoots up and god is able to do something you know what we see here little is much when god is in it You say, my faith is small. Praise the Lord. Plant that thing. And let God do something with that small faith. 
you say, but my offering is small. Plant that thing and let's see what God can do with it. My ability is so small. That's fine. You plant that thing and see what God can do with it. Our church is so small. Oh yeah, well let's plant that thing and see what God can do. God is doing something on this earth that's something small, something insignificant to the rest of the world and God can use it to change this world. You take a small child who comes to know Jesus Christ as his Savior. And to everyone else, it may not be a big deal. Other people may whoop and holler when some drunkard comes to know Christ as his Savior. But that little kid gets saved and it seems like no one wants to make a big deal out of it. But let me tell you, that little kid can get... Uh, to know Christ, to fall in love with the Bible, become a great soul winner, and millions of people could go into the kingdom of God because of what that child is and what God can do with it. Let me tell you, God can do something small. That's why he said in a different parable that if you take, have faith, the grain of a mustard seed, Oh, it can move mountains. It can do so many things. God is demonstrating how this small little seed can grow into this big, huge plant. You know, during Jesus' time, people didn't realize what Jesus was doing. To them, they thought, it's another thing. Here's someone, a great man, who died up on the cross. But they didn't realize what was happening. He took... Twelve men, one of them of course was a traitor, but the other eleven, they seemed so weak and pathetic. They didn't have degrees. They were just laborers, fishermen, tax collectors. But God used them to turn the world upside down. God can do so much and that's what God's trying to do. He's taking something small and he's revolutionized it. Something small and it could just change the world we live in. Because God is that good. And God is that amazing. And so little is much when God is in it. Can you trust God for what he's doing in this world? There may be some things that you see as so small. And you may not understand what God is doing. But God's got a big plan when he makes that thing develop. Let me tell you. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Because God could do so much. He that hath ears, let him hear. Maybe you are having a day of beginning now. Maybe there was something that we preached here that you said, I don't know how it's going to work, but I'm going to try it. Maybe it's the idea that you need to let your light shine. There are two passages here that are talking about soul winning. The parable of the light and the parable of growing. Casting out seed and casting out the light. How is your witnessing? Are you witnessing to people? How many people have you told about Christ? Are you finding ways? We know that we live in unusual times, but it doesn't stop our witnessing. Who have you been witnessing to? The Bible here gives a warning about what we listen to, how we're hearing. Let me tell you, there's a lot of filth on TV, on the internet, with friends, with coworkers. Are you guarding what you hear? And then the good things that you hear, are you giving it out? Maybe there's some of you who realize that you haven't been teaching. And maybe a very small and fearful thing starts today where you said, God, I don't know how. I don't know what I'm going to do, who I'm going to teach. But God, if this is the next step for me, will you allow me to teach? Will you not take that small step and see what God does with it? Maybe you're at a place where you're not growing the way that you should. 
You're no longer asking questions about the Bible. You're satisfied with the knowledge that you have. Let me tell you, you're in a bad position. You need to start getting to the place where you're loving God's word and you want more of God's word. And the more that you want of God's word, the more that he's going to give you of God's word. Don't be satisfied with what you know. He that hath ears, let him hear. Jesus is giving a warning and he's saying in this parable that he's giving them this parables and he spake a word that <clears throat> spake he the word unto them as they were able to hear it. Are you able to hear it? Or the things that I said tonight, are you going to ignore it? How are you going to allow this message to change your life? It doesn't matter what stage of Christian growth you are. There is something in this passage for you. There is something for you to do. And it may be something small. It may be something insignificant. But let me tell you, that small thing, God can grow and turn into something that can change the world. It starts with that small decision. Remember, to make no decision is already the wrong decision. What decision are you going to make because of this? What are you going to do because of this passage here. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three oh eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three oh eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.